Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. Alright, 2022 is done. It's in the books. So this episode we're going to be doing things just a little bit differently. We're actually not going to be reviewing any games, but we are going to be going into our top 10 games of 2022, which feels late by an industry standard. Uh, <laughs> we haven't even I've... played them all yet, though. Man, oh. Man, I don't know, because I, I see everyone's like top 22 games of all time coming out in like December, mm-hmm. and we're obviously doing ours already in January. And Well, how many games it, came out this month alone? That's the thing, is like there's there's just games that have come out that I'm just like, I want to play, but they came out so late that we didn't have a chance to, mm-hmm. that it, I don't, I don't know. I, it just, in some ways it feels like we're doing this later than we need to. No, I would rather do it like in June. Cause I think I'll, then I'll have played most of 2020, <laughs> the ones I want. I have no, I have no, I know I'm not going to play them all, but I still have games on there that I want to play that I haven't played yet. I'm sure everybody does. Like what is your number one game that you haven't got a chance to play yet? Evergreen is one of them. Um, Woodcraft, which I I'm waiting for you to buy. You still haven't bought yet. <laughs> I'm not going to because of you. You guys. were told to buy. It's a Valor Suchi game. You're 100 percent going to buy it. As worker placement no. with dice. This is your no. game. This is. <laughs> Why haven't you bought it yet? So I could play because it. Because you okay. Here's the deal. Do you want to know? You want legit? You want to know why I didn't buy it yet? Yeah. Because you guys are like, oh, Bob's just going to buy it. And I'm like, you know what? I no, knew. I knew I'm you're not going to do it. You're totally going to buy it. It's fine. And I, I'm, I'm waiting for you to buy it. It's, wor- it's dice. Worker placement with dice. Like, and Suchi game. Like, this is a Bob game. Anyways, I do want to play it, though. Here's the, here's the other reason why I'm, I don't want to buy it. Because I'm going to buy it. And then I'm just going to turn around and sell it to Chris. So why doesn't Chris just buy it? Do you sell him all your? You have all the Suchi games. No, I've for the most part he ends up with all my Suchi games because he loves Vladimir Suchi so much. Yeah, why? And he's not them. he's not buying any new games lately. So he's like, I don't play the games I buy. That's and it's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. But somebody needs to buy that game so we can play it. I'll buy it That's if nobody true. wants to yeah. play it. But I'm not gonna buy it until I confirm nobody else is gonna buy it. What you need to do is you'll buy it, and then when you find out I like it more than you, just sell it to me, and I'll buy it off your hands. Yeah, that's fine. There you go. As long as you don't go out and buy a new copy of it. Anyways. It depends on how, how you take care of the copy that you have. I'll take care of it. <laughs> I promise. Fair enough. For like a year. You get, or six months. Um, least a month. The other one that's on my list is Skate Summer. It's a push a lot game about skateboarding. I like the theme and uh, it looks cool. And n- none of us have bought it either. So that's another one that I'd like to try. Oh, that's Those cool. Those are my yeah, three. Nice. Yeah, uh, there's been a couple at the end, um, you know, Great Western Trail, Argentina, Starship Captain, stuff like that. So they're definitely games that I want to get played. Um, I do have a quick question for you because this recently came up. We we have a, a text group going on with the people we board game with. Okay. And one of our friends posed this question to us, and I'm kind of curious your thoughts because he asked if... So he was looking online and uh, somebody posted the, the amount of plays that they had, you know, which mm-hmm. everyone has these stat track apps and all that. And one of the things they did is they listed 24 plays of the exit advent calendar. Yeah. And I'm curious, is that okay. cheating? Because he, he sent it and was like, is this cheating if you're doing 24 plays of this? Um, so I'm curious what you think. Okay. Well, first of all, tracking your stats is not a game. So there's no such thing as cheating. 
So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> now, is the advent calendar 24 games or is it one game? That's the question. Um, I mean, it feels you plan it every day. Um, it feels to me like one game. So to me, I wouldn't. But which day do you track it? You are playing it every day. So sure. I mean, yeah, however you want to do it. Do it. Well, if you're so let's say you're doing a campaign game and the campaign takes 24 uh, sessions to do. Mm-hmm. Does it matter how long those sessions are? I mean, so somebody who plays it eight hours would only have three games and somebody who plays one hour has 24 games. Yeah. But really, it's all the same game. But you, okay, so the the okay. ma- thing main it's all reason made why. up, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, that, we're just tracking it for our own sake. That, I suppose that's true because I, I like one of the other things we had kind of mentioned in that thing is the crew, and we track every game that we play of the crew. So every mm-hmm. round of the game that we play, because we'll track. it's fun to go back and look to see if you won or lost that round. That's why you track it all. You know, you could. I really, I've had play probably five or six plays of the crew, like where we sat down and played it. It's about a hundred games, but five or six real games, I guess. But it's fun to track each individual game. Okay, we won twenty, lost thirty, you know, something like that. So yes, it does throw off your statistics though, because crew is the number one played game. When when in reality, I've only played it like five or six times. Yeah, I I, I enjoy going back and taking a look at it. Plus, it 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 gives me an opportunity to remember which scenario your scenario we need to play next. So let's say you, me, and Jeremy have been playing it, and we have twenty four wins. Well, that means the next session, the next one we got to play is you know, logbook twenty five mm-hmm. is the next one in the in the order. So if we ever need to go back, we can take a look at it. I will say that if you don't track your stats, I highly recommend doing it. It's super fun to go back, especially now that I've gotten a couple of years of tracking in. It's fun to like see who you who you play with the most, see who where you play the most, when you play the most, like what games you play the most. You know, do, are you playing a ton of the same games? Are you playing a ton of different games? I mean, I know you kind of know that. Plus, it's fun like when you play it again. Oh, the last time I played this, I had my score was a hundred. You know, or last time I played it with you, Bob. You know, it's 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 we like do it we like reference our past past plays a ton and it is so fun i don't know it's kind of nerdy but i think it's fun i agree but i also think it can be i think it depends on your personality because i think you can definitely go down this slippery slope of trying to like hit certain things and it stops being like fun and one of those things it, it tracks like your win percentage Mm-hmm. based oh, on fun. like mm-hmm. it, but if somebody who's in, incredibly worried about making sure that they're winning games if it's not you know a specific percentage because the, the other thing it does is it's based on how many games you uh how many people you play with in the game so for example if you play a four-player game technically you should win that 25 percent of the time so yeah. if you played one game at and it was a four-player game it would expect you to win 25 percent well if you won four if you played four games, you should expect to win one games. One Correct. Of the games. Right. So that's but that's how it, it ends up doing that math mm-hmm. in the stat track, right? So in theory, but like people who get obsessed with their like wins and losses. I and don't know anybody like that besides me. But <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I think it's fine. If you want to get your wins up, just go play with a bunch of kids. <laughs> you can win a whole bunch of games. <laughs> it's fine it's it's funny because whenever i whenever i play games with lila i because you can ignore for statistics 
Mm-hmm. So if like if like uh, Lila and I are playing whatever uh, mountain goats, for example, if we're playing that game and it's just me and her, I just ignore it because well, it depends because there's there's been a couple times where she's crushed me in that game, mm-hmm. um, and those ones I don't ignore, but like the ones where you know I don't, I don't know it just I feels my, weird my to get my stats would be much better if i ignored my kids because i let them win a lot and so i thought I, you weren't about that life hashtag not oh, about that life oh no i let my kids i'm a total cheater you know that remember <laughs> i gave you the one that's getting cream frosting from the bottom of the pile <laughs> saying that on top <laughs> like, let's I get this thing get, done i just gotta get through it i just gotta get through this cream frosting <laughs> Making sure that uh, the the candy cane man is out. Mm, uh, whatever, come yeah. drop. He's the worst. Anyways, it's fun, and I know anybody who's obsessed. But it is fun to like, like I have friends that are I'm like, oh, I, I, you always beat me, and they're like, no, I, no, I don't. Sometimes you win, and I pull up my statistics, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I can see like what our percentages compared to each other, which is really fun. If you're gonna do that, at least tell them exactly what you did, what you do with that, and it's not how many times they win. Because you made a reference the other day. You're like, anytime I've played with so and so, I don't think they've ever won a game. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know about all that. So then you bust out the stats to check it. <laughs> don't do that. That's mean. <laughs> so that's just okay, they people... only did it that one time. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Let's do it. Let's uh. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our top 10 games all right uh doing this list was actually a lot harder than i thought it was going to be there was actually quite a few games yeah that i thought were really good that came out this year Mm -hmm. there is actually um there's one game in particular that kind of like slipped in that i did not expect okay yeah i have a few on my list i have a few that I have about four games that I think I would really enjoy that I just haven't gotten around to playing yet. And then also I was looking at games that came out in 2021 that weren't available for purchase in 2022 yet. So, and I didn't include them on my list, but games like Ark Nova, Gollum, those are all 2021 games, but we didn't play them because they didn't come out. They weren't available for purchase until 2022. So I feel like that's a little unfair not to include those, but Mm, that's a good that's a good point because I don't think I when I did my list, I just went to Board Game Geek and just typed in 2022 releases. I didn't even think about the stuff at end of 21 because mm-hmm. it just it, it really didn't occur to me at the time. So, yeah, Ark Nova, hmm, we didn't get that until like, I mean, middle of the year, right? Or at least springtime. Yes. yes. Same with Gollum. Gollum was the middle of the year. Um, and those are all 2021 releases. So I mm. tried to look at, I searched for ones that I had rated um, in 2021 and to see if my first play was in 2022. Yeah, I didn't do that. It was a, it, anything that's on my list was, according to Board Game Geek, released in 2022. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we have a slightly different list then. I think our number one game is going to be the same, but uh, we shall see. So yeah, do you want, let's get into it. What is your number 10? My number 10 is the Guild of Merchant Explorers. This is the roll and write that's neither a roll nor a write, um, but it feels <laughs> like it, and I like yes. it. I don't I, I don't mind the artwork. I, I like the classiness of the artwork, even though it's very beige and very boring. Um, but I, it's fun to put cubes out, and, and the variable player power is what makes this game really fun. I really enjoyed it. I, so it has a really unique system of pulling the cards and that determines how you're going to like be able to put your cubes out on the board. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the beginning, you don't have as much information as you do towards the end, so you can kind of start hedging your bets on what's going to be. You what's kind of plan up. ahead. Yeah, like I'm yeah, get, yeah. I'm going to yeah. li- likely get this, then this, or I'm going to get this and this, and then you can kind of plan that. Yeah, yeah. I like agreed. that. I like the pe- the um, player powers. They're huge. You're like, ooh, this is really exciting. Right? Because you start off by like just being able to put like one cube in this area, and then all of a sudden you can do like a huge thing. You're like, ooh, this is broken. That's just really fun. Yeah, that's it's a it's a good game. It it did not make my list. It was close. So that was definitely close for me. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it got beat out by another game. So All right, that's my number 10, The Guild of Merchant Explorers. My number 10 is actually a kind of a surprise to me that it made it into number 10. It actually beat out The Guild of Merchant Explorers and that's Wonderland's War. Oh. I yeah, it's it was one of those games I know when we talked about it, it was the the review was somewhat polarizing in the fact that it was real fiddly for what you got, but I still enjoyed my plays of it. I yeah. still enjoyed the decisions that you had and the way you would go about doing things, even like pulling the chips out of the bag. Like you're not going until you bust. There's a lot more decisions you're making as you're pulling those chips out. And I think that's what I really like about the game is the decisions that you have throughout the entire course of the era. I am surprised it's on your list because I didn't think that you liked it that much. I agree. I didn't think it I didn't think it was going to make my top 10. I put it in there and then it just kept beating things out because I was just thinking about my experience with it. The fiddliness and teaching it aside, if I don't have to teach this game, if I can just sit down and play, I'm cool with that. The artwork's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I don't think it's going to do well at two, but overall, I mean, it was still a good, solid, enjoyable experience. That is my number 10, Wonderland's War. My number nine is Wonderland's War. I ha. really liked this game. I liked it more than you. I guess yep. only slightly more than you, but uh, I for all the same reasons you said. I love drafting. I love ar- the artwork. I love I love pusher log. I love bag building. I like all those things. I liked it better at three than we did when we played it at five because it was shorter. Because yes. it is long. I wouldn't mind it at two um, because I didn't like the area control part of it, which. I shouldn't say I don't didn't like the area control. I typically don't like area control, but I didn't mind it in this game because it because it had that push your luck um, bag building part of it. That that's really what won you the area. Um, would you consider that area control, or would you consider that battling? Like we keep talking about area control, but it's not necessarily how much stuff you put out. You're battling in each of those regions. Yeah. So it ultimately comes down to the pushing your luck of pulling the chips out of the bag because and- you're not going to win it by how much uh, force you have. It's a little bit because. But you can win it with only having one, like you can start off by only having one um, person in there and no strength. So you're right. It's right. not necessarily area control, but it, it feels a little bit like that. Just feels like a little dudes on a map style game. Yes. Yep. But really, it's it's all who's going to win is who's going to pull the chips out of their bag the best, which is there's a lot of luck there, but there's also a lot of decisions and mitigation. And I, I liked it quite a bit. I, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, like I said, for me, it it kept beating things out as I was ranking at Pub Meeple. It just kept like, when I looked at the two, I was like, I'd rather play that. I'd rather play that. And I was looking at it more in the terms of if I can just sit down and play. When I'm making my lists and things like that, other things will factor into it. it like, is this game going to get played enough? It depends on how often I have to teach it. But if I don't mm-hmm. have to teach it, if I can just sit down and play, then yeah, this game, I like this game. Yeah. Even if it is fiddly as all get out. <laughs> That's my number nine, Wonderland's War. My number nine is a game that Natasha picked up at Origins, and that's Garden Bow. 
Oh, you liked it? Good. Yeah, I uh I I liked it quite a bit. It it was more thinky and puzzly than I originally thought it was going to be based on just a little bit of overview the designer gave us. And after you picked it up and I wasn't like super excited to play it, but once we sat down that that spatial puzzle of putting those pieces together to create the correct color patterns in order to go from seeds to plants to flowers was was really interesting. And even going around, uh, it makes you think, okay, how far forward do I want to get to get the tile I want? And then I'm going to have to drop off, you know, those resources on those things on the ones I miss or skip over. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it has some really interesting decisions in it. And I, again, it was one of those things that it just, it kept beating out some other things because it just, I enjoyed my overall experience of it. Yeah, I think it's a great game. I'm guessing it's on your list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to call it right now. That's going to be on your list. Anyway, <laughs> let's see if it's next on her list. That was my number nine, Gartenbau. All right. My number eight is Endless Winter Paleo-Americans. I liked this one quite a bit. It was a uh, little bit of deck building, a little bit of worker placement, a little bit of uh, area control with a map. Then there's some tracks and there's also some, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a little grid, I guess, that you're placing things out on the grid. The megaliths? Yes, that. I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I don't know because you're just stacking stuff. I don't know. I don't know what the technical term would be for that as a game Dialing, mechanic. Kind of. I don't know. Ish. Um, sure. Anyways, I like the theme. Love the artwork. Is definitely my favorite art of the year. Is uh, Endless Winter, and I'm sure Bob will talk about it more later. Is my guess. That is my number eight. <laughs> Endless Winter. Paleo Americans. You don't know that for certain. Don't <laughs> don't be calling me out like that. Ugh. It might be on my list. Whatever. No big deal. All right. Uh, number eight. So my number eight game of last year is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So oh, this yeah. is a pandemic system game set in Star Wars, uh, specifically the Clone Wars animated series is going to be basically what you're playing through. I really liked what they did with this. It's it's pretty basic, um, and I think the difficulty. Moving forward, playing it like I'm, I'm playing it at a higher difficulty rating, mm-hmm. just because I thought the like the game you Chris and I played was a little, it wasn't as difficult as I was looking for out of this game, but I still yeah. like it. I think it's, I think it does. It's familiar enough in the pandemic universe that you're like, okay, I know, I know what these things do, and I know what they're talking about when it's this stuff, but it's different enough that it feels refreshing to play it. It doesn't feel like I'm just playing Pandemic, but in Star Wars. Feels like yeah. I'm playing its own game. I this was my favorite version of Pandemic, besides the Legacy. Legacy is my favorite, but standalone game. I enjoyed. The, I thought it was very thematic. I liked the that you would have to use an action to to draw a card. I like the. I especially liked how the cards worked and how you would tap the cards and then get them you know untapped and use them in various different ways um i liked it a lot actually it didn't make my list but um i was surprised pleasantly surprised how much i liked that game you're supposed to say exhaust and unexhaust tap is a trademark uh magic the gathering so uh (laughs) should know that that every time (laughs) if we get if we get sued sending them your way (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) yeah it's like i said it was it was refreshing it didn't feel like a cash grab I think it was a really solid game. So my number eight, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, a pandemic system game, I think is what its full title is. Pandemic system game. 
whatever. You know what it is. Yeah. All right. My number seven is Twilight Inscription. Uh, is a big, heavy, epic roll and write. And I am here for that. I like big roll and write. I like roll and writes. I like them, you know, a little bit more meatier. And I liked it. It was fun and colorful. And you had to make all kinds of big decisions and choices. And, and it felt kind of epic. I, I really liked it. It's not as heavy as Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, it's not as crunchy, but it's long. Yes, it definitely feels like a long, rewarding experience when you're done playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a solid game for sure. I think it's a little easy. It's going to be a lot easier to teach than Hadrian's Wall, um, but it's yes. just you know still get a lot to do. But it, and it plays well with a lot of people, which I think is great. I think with Hadrian's Wall, you got to teach everything on the one sheet, and then all the mini games on the other sheet. And with Twilight Inscription, you're basically just teaching them four different phases the four different uh sheets of the game that's it yeah something like hadrian's wall there's so many of those little mini games that you have and some of them are easier to explain than others yeah uh twilight inscription is really just like match you know find the symbol on the dice and cross it off and then there's a lot of comboing you know a little bit of comboing you can do it but it's fun we'll see if it holds up for the year but for now i'm enjoying it quite a bit that is my number seven twilight inscription all right, my number seven is Acropolis. This is um, a tile laying game where you're basically just trying to score points and fulfill certain requirements to score those points. So, for example, like the yellow buildings want to be, you know, completely surrounded, and the blue buildings want to actually the blue buildings want to be all connected to each other. So you're going to score points by achieving those specific goals based on the different buildings. Certain buildings are going to give you stars, which are going to help with points and everything like that. There's a there's usually a tableau in front of you where you get to pull one of the tiles. If you want to pull not the first one, it's almost like sentry style where you have to lay down stone in order to get the one that you want. Uh, if you play it with Natasha, she's not going to prevent you from scoring a ton of points. So that's always a positive in the game. <laughs> um, yep. You just got to be on the right side of Natasha. The uh, left side. The left side, yes. The le- you want to be on the left side, not the. You want to be on the right side of Natasha, which is on the left side. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha needs to be to your left. Yeah, and I'll let you. I'll let you have whatever you want because I'm going to take what's best for me, basically. Yeah. Well, don't you want to be on the right? Because you want to go first. You need to go before the person. You'd be. So on, they need to be on your left. I they need be to be on, on Natasha's right. left. They'd be on my left. Yes. Okay. Anyways, Jesus, yeah, I like this game quite a bit. Quick. It's uh, <laughs> it's not as complicated as the seating arrangement suggests. It's nice <laughs> and quick. It's it's a fun little snappy game. Twenty minutes, easy to teach, easy to play. Nice puzzly little game. A lot yeah. of fun. I uh, completely agree with you. I like this one a lot. It is definitely not as complicated as the seating arrangement. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's uh it was I really was surprised when I played this game. I really like these kind of quick style uh tile laying games just like with King Domino and all those different ones. I I hope I can continue playing it into the year cuz I think I'll just enjoy it more and more. But the other problem is it almost in some ways feels forgettable? Question mm-hmm. mark. It just it doesn't there's nothing about it that is going to stand out to people to want to go play it. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem, I think. Yeah. You, we've played it a couple of times. I don't know that it's going to be like, oh, I want to play this again because I want to try something different. Like, there's just not a whole lot more to it. But it, it's like a really great filler game. You know, yeah. a nice meteor filler game, I guess, or a light family weight game. I think it fills the right 
He's writing little niches. I agree. All right. My number seven, Acropolis. All right. My number six just came out and we only played it once. Uh, and that's Wayfarers of the South Tigris. Um, I hesitated putting it on there because we've only played it once. I haven't have, I don't have a full-fledged opinion about it yet, but I can tell you that I do like it. And I had to make my top 10 list. I feel like this is cheating. But I did play it. I did play it once. Um, and I put it at my number six. Uh, we'll see if it goes up or down depending on how many how often we play it. But I know I'm going to. I mean, I liked it. So it's a worker placement. You've got dice. You've got some workers. Um, you've got a whole bunch of options, tons to do. You're laying out this beautiful tableau in front of you of like um, sea areas and and land t- land cards. And then above it, you put all these stars, which score you points. Uh, a little meteor of the the series, but it we did play it, so it's on my list. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's yeah, that's fine. Cheater. Cheating. Uh, I played it. Uh, that's true. All right. Uh, yeah. Keep keep an eye out for a review. With this is one of those games that needs a few plays in order for us to really give our opinion. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it, there's a lot of interesting choices going on in the game. There's a lot of iconography. It was heavier than I thought it was going to be, which is why we needed to play it a few times. Yeah, there's definitely some there's some there's some meat on this bone uh, for sure. That's my number six, Wayfarers of the South Tigris. My number six of 2022, I feel like slightly is cheating because it is a reprint, kinda. Uh, they That's changed cheating, a few. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. it's a few things that they changed with it, so it's a little bit different. They rethemed it, and that's Sky Mines. Oh no, I don't think that. I think that's a standalone game. You're okay. All right, th- thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank- I needed your. I needed your okay. Uh, <laughs> I know because this is my list. I'll put whatever on it I want. Yeah, so Sky Mines is basically Mombasa reprinted, new theme, new artwork, slightly slightly different rule set. The rules are a little bit different, but for the most part, it's it's almost the exact same game. Um, I do prefer this theme. I do like sci-fi a little bit better. the The Mombasa theme was always kind of I didn't really you know colonizing Africa and getting you know blood diamonds and stuff like that. What isn't the greatest theme? Um, it's bad. Yeah. So aside from that, uh, this game, I think the iconography in Mombasa was a little bit easier. But once you get uh, into playing this, I don't think it's that big of a problem. But Alexander Fitzer game, he came out with several this year. And unfortunately, this was really the the main one that I played. Like Boone Lake, I just, for whatever reason, never got a chance to play. Great Western Trail, I'm chomping at the bit to play. So hopefully we can get those played soon and get, you know, get a review up on those. But for right now, my number six is Sky Mines. I like Sky Mines quite a bit as well. Um, My number five is definitely not on Bob's list. In fact, I would put this at the very, very bottom of his list of 2021. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. In fact, it it made him angry playing it. Oh, is it the one we just played recently? Oh, yeah. F this game. (laughs) <laughs> go ahead that, that's turing machine a logic oh, yeah. deduction puzzle okay before you get into your little rant about how good this game is okay here's the deal like you want to know why i rant from bob you want to know why i don't like these kinds of games and i'm going to tell you exactly what it is okay. you need to figure out three numbers that's it three numbers the f- a b and c you know three numbers that's all you got to do and it's between one and five like you could guess and probably be accurate, not a lot, but enough. 
right? So mm-hmm. like you're you're doing these things and you're trying to check these conditions, blah 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 blah. We go th- listen. We we went through it three times on the list. There's like nine spaces for you to do it. I was like, sweet, we're gonna be doing it in like bunch of bunch of different ways. We get through three, and I'm like, ah, I think, I think number one is three. <laughs> And that's in my head. I think that. And I hear Natasha go, all right, I have it figured out. <laughs> and then Jeremy's like, you do? And she, and she's like, yes. I just checked it on my phone because you have to use an app or something. You don't and Jeremy's to, just yeah. like, well, I, well, hold on. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, yeah, I got it too. Let me check your phone. And he does it. And I'm like, what the F? Like, Bob takes his paper, crinkles it up and throws it across the room and gets up and walks away. I'm like, you gotta be <laughs> so kidding me. Like, about the whole thing. I finally was like, explain, explain to me, explain to me how you guys figured that out. And you're like, oh, well, it can't be this because of this. And it can't be that because of this. And it can't be this because of that. You if know you, how stupid sounds fun I you, felt? You're going to like this game. Oh, my God. Anyway, go ahead and tell them how good and how much you like it because okay. this game is so awful. So you just have to pick a number. It's a three-digit number. It's only one, th- and each of the numbers can only be one through five. So you just randomly pick a number, and then you test your number up against all these different variables, and you're testing them to see if your number meets that variable. And that's it. And you take these numbers and you put the the three cards on top of each other, and you're left with like one little hole between the three of them. And then that that you either get a red X or a green check mark. And you use that information to then um you know whittle out the numbers and you've got a little a pad to write on and you just kind of have to figure it out. And it's 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 straight deduction logic. I will say um I wouldn't it's not as much fun as a game at a as a game as it is playing it by yourself it's just as much fun playing it by yourself and then you can take the whole time you want to do it and you can compare yourself to the machine to see if you beat the machine which i actually don't beat the machine bob you'll be happy to know that i'm i honestly don't even care i don't even care about this game this game's stupid (laughs) this game's dumb how i man how dumb i feel after playing a game like that it is the worst feeling in the world i didn't i was like done with game night I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like how? And then there's like four possibilities. Then we added two. And I was like, did you make it harder with six? And you're like, well, it's not really that much harder. We were playing on the the regular level. And I've been playing um, on the not the hard or extreme level. But the there's like a few different ways you can make it different. So I've upped up one of them. And it got really hard once i did those other levels like they'll they're like you testing one of these colors to see if one of these colors is uh greater than three but you don't know which color it is <laughs> and then you have to figure it out and that that was really hard but i i like it it's it's really really fun to just sit there and do it on your own i'll give it a full review once i've played it quite a bit more but so far i'm really enjoying it i've played it about 10 times or so so far i like playing it solo recommend that or cool. to co-op Basically, you're playing it with just solo. This game's stupid. It's a great game. That is my number five Turing machine. Highly recommend. All right. Now I'm in a terrible mood again because of that (laughs) stupid game. Okay. My number five is Downtown Farmer's Market. Oh. I love this little game. This game is so cool. I. It you you end up getting uh, you creating a grid in front of you and then you just basically have conditions you're trying to fill on either side, you know, between the rows and columns. You know, one row might say you get one point for every milk you have. Another row might say you can't have any cheese 
and all you're just drafting these tiles and you're placing them in there and you're just trying to score points. These types of games I really just love because <laughs> it's the exact opposite of a deduction game. It's just easy. <laughs> <laughs> you could put the tile anywhere you want. You'll just get more points if you put it in an area it scores at. That I can figure that that kind of stuff I can figure out. Like that I'm cool <laughs> with. Like <laughs> I actually really like this game a lot. I think it's I a g- great game for like the the price and the size of the box and the, I like the look of it. I like it's everything about orange, it actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Artwork is very minimalistic, mm-hmm. boxy, but I don't know. There's just some, there's a charm about it. Yeah, I knew it was going to be on this list. I didn't think it would be this high, but I yeah, I really like this game. So it 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 kind of tickles that same kind of itch like you get from King Domino again. And you guys know how much I love King Domino. Yeah, so I talk it's about very uh, family friendly, welcoming style game, but but still really puzzly. You're not going to feel stupid playing it. You can play it with beginners, any just about anybody. Um, a short and and small box, really great. I I agree with you. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, my number five, Downtown Farmer's Market. All right, my number four is Garden Ball. You knew this was going to be on my list. I was surprised how much I enjoyed this game. Uh, I thought it was really puzzly. I struggled with it. I still haven't won the game, but I still like it. You're just drafting the seedlings. Um, Once you get a couple together, you can put a plant down. Once you get a couple plants together, you can put a flower on top of it that's going to score you a whole bunch of points. Um, But flowers will score you points depending on other um, plants that are around the, you know, that you have in your tableau or other seedlings you have, maybe connected groups. So there's all kinds of puzzles you're going to be trying to figure out depending on the tiles that you get at the beginning of the game if you draft them. Or sometimes there's you can there's there's a setup where you can just pass out sets together and that, those all work together well. Um, I saw somebody playing it just the other night at game night and um, they had upgraded all of the tiles to plastic tiles instead of cardboard. They were really nice, but they were thick. They looked really nice. They said it cost just as much as the game. <laughs> so I probably won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. I think you need to I need you need to upgrade your game and have those components in it. Are you kidding me? Those things were awesome. They were chunky. They were they were, they cool. were plastic, right? Yeah. They were plastic, you, yeah. Plastic tiles. They were thick though. They stood up really tall on the board. Yeah, yeah triple C thick is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved I loved the artwork. I love the vintage flower look to it. Um, I love flowers. I always love flower artwork, but vintage is even better. I just liked everything about it. And I, when I was surprised, I thought it was going to be more of a basic game. And I think the puzzliness of it really is what I enjoyed with it. What I like about this game specifically is the game does not interfere with the puzzliness that you get from laying your tiles. And what I mean by that is the rule set is fairly simple. You're just moving your little wheelbarrow around this rondelle, collecting tiles and maybe you know, planting different things. So the the actions of what you're doing in the game aren't holding you back and taking up the space that you need to figure out the puzzle of putting things together in front of you. And there's enough interaction with the other players of them stealing the tiles you want or being on a spot you want to go to or different things like that, that it still makes it, it still makes the decision of where, how far you move interesting. I think that's what's special about this game is the rules do not hinder the play of the puzzle of putting together all the the seeds to the plants to the flowers yeah i agree and that's my number four garden bow all right my number four game of 2022 is return to dark tower Mm. i this was like my number one anticipated game of 2022 i i got it my wife and i played a ton of it um 
I really like this game. And you know what? Maybe it's the gimmick of the tower and the nostalgia that I feel every time I drop a skull on the top and it shoots out one of the sides. I love this game. It just mm-hmm. there's just something about it that is fun. I think the the advantage system's interesting because you can upgrade your people and you can do different quests and you want to make sure you're completing different things. Otherwise, it gets more difficult. Uh, this game definitely stood up to what I was hoping for when it came out. So I was really happy. I think the app integration's good. I think all of it together just comes together in a very nice, interesting package that tells a story. And Natasha will never play it. No, no, I'm not going to play it. Not my style. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there's not much more I'm going to say about it. My number four, Return to Dark Tower. My number three is my last roll and write on here. And I kind of forgot about it because it was earlier in the year. And I, was I know like, what oh. it is. I know what this is. Oh, well, which one? Three Sisters. It is Three Sisters. I rated it a number 10, so I had to put it up high on this list. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I just love this roll and write. It's, it's, it's got a lot of meat on it. It's not heavy, but it's got enough meat on it to make it really fun. There's so much comboing in this game that you it literally comes with a notepad that you can, within the game, that you write like little notes on there so you remember to take all your combos. It's got the, the dice. Um, you draft the dice so you can, you know, kind of decide what you want to take based on what was rolled. So it's not just, you know, rolling one dice and making good with what you have. You get to get some choices in what you take. And then also there's a rondelle where the dice move around. And so you get a benefit based on which dice you take and which area. I, I love it. It's really, really good. But I liked it too, right? Yeah, it was, I thought it was good. I thought the, um, the rondelle piece was interesting, uh, but it was, it's a rolling right. Um, I keep saying I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I don't feel like I am with these rolling rights. It's just, I, you just don't get excited about them and that's, fair. yeah. And that's, but it, this, to be fair, this one's good. And I do like the comboing that can happen. And it is the fact that they give you space on your board or space on your sheet to write down the fact that you have mm-hmm. these combos that you need to do is, I think is interesting and cool. And I like the theme with this cause I like gardening and flowers and, and that I like it. The theme's cool. I I I gotta give it. I I do like unique, interesting themes. I'm really I. It's been amazing over the last handful of years. This the different types of themes that are coming out that are unique, like Garden Bow, uh, you know, Verdant, uh, Wingspan, all these different, you know, unique themes that don't have to be, you know, trading in the Mediterranean or generic fantasy. Generic fantasy. Well. I mean, I like like generic fantasy, but I do, you know, same thing um, like Flashpoint Fire Rescue. I really like the, I really like that game and it's a, it's a cooperative style game about firefighting. And I like the fact that it's a unique theme and I'm always interested in those. This is a great roll and write. If you like roll and writes, definitely check out Three Sisters. It's a little meatier, not, not heavy or anything, but still got a lot of, of fun comboing in it. That is my number three, Three Sisters. All right, my number three is going to be um, just squeaking in at the end of the year, and that's Wayfarers of the South Tigress. Oh, <laughs> number t- three? Yeah. I didn't think you liked it that much, but you were just salty about it. I think you were still salty about Turing Machine. That's why I didn't think you liked it that much. I will say this, okay, and I, I want to save for the most part what I think of the game and everything like that for our review because we're uh, clearly we're going to review this game. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing is how long it is at four players. That would be my biggest thing. 
so far, if we were learning and we and there were so many choices that it was taking us long. I disagree with Bob. I think it's going to pick up and go a lot faster once we play it again a couple more times. We'll see. And that's and I think you and I differ on that. I don't think how can I phrase this? It, I don't know if it will get faster. I think it will depend on the players you're playing with. I think most of the players, I think if you have a player who's AP prone, it's going to take them a lot longer. And it's going to be one of those games that can take a long time. It got to the point where I was in some ways getting bored because I knew what I wanted to do on my turn. You know, somebody might have foiled my plans, but for the most part, there's so many different things you can do. It's very rare that somebody takes literally the thing you were planning on doing. It does happen, but for the most part, that's my biggest, my biggest hang up right now is length of play. But based on that, on our one play that we have, I really liked it and it came out in 22. So I had to put it on this list. And I think the reason why it's so high is because I want to go back to it and I want to play it more so I, I can like... I'll know if I how much I really like it. Yeah. So I agree with you. So that's my cheating, even though I gave <laughs> Natasha a bunch of crap about it. So my number three, Wayfarers of the South Tigris. That's why I don't take any of your harassment seriously. Now, I'll listen, here's the deal. If I give you if I give you crap, that means I, <laughs> that means I like you and you're cool in my book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two. Bob, I don't know if you've played this one. Ready, set, bet? I have not. Oh, man, it's so good. Real-time auction game. Real-time betting game, not auction game. The horse race is going on, and you need to bet on these horses. And you can wait as long as you want to bet. But once that spot gets taken, then it's filled. And there's only like three first place tokens. So when do you bet? And and everyone kind of goes in at the same time. It, it's really, really fun. I've had fun every time I played it. I'm excited to play it. I want to play it on the Dice Tower Cruise because I know Tom loves it so much. And I think it'd be really fun to play with a, a group of pe- big group of people and strangers and stuff. It'd be a, It's just a really, really fun experience. Um, only thing that I don't like about it is it's pretty ugly and components are terrible. But other than that, it's a really, really fun a real-time betting game. I'd give it a shot, even though I'm not a big fan of real-time stuff. I'd give it a go. So a lot of people seem to really like it. So It's cool because it, it's done over a round. So you start off by not having as many choices. I should say you have a, quite a few choices. You can just kind of focus on the horses or you can focus on these other things you can bet on. And then as the game, rounds go along, you get more cards, more choices come up. You know, you're more engaged with the other options. You can think about more things. It's It's cool how it kind of ramps up too. I like it. I think you'll like it. It's quick enough where it's real-time betting, not real-time like doing actions. That's my number two. Ready, set, bet. All right. Uh, my number two, Natasha called it, Endless Winner, Paleo-Americans. Mm-hmm. I love this game. Man, it touches that spot where something like Lost Ruins does. It's For me, it's right up there with that, that, that game. I think each one... It is different enough that you each one gives you a unique experience, but just that that overall, I'm looking to try to maximize as much as I possibly can out of what I'm doing. When I first read the rules, I'm like, there's only four action spots on the main board, and then you can do one rest action, which isn't that great. You only have three workers. Like, how am I ever going to do anything? Four rounds? Like, what are you talking about? Like, there's barely going to be enough time to do anything. There's a mm-hmm. lot. You can do a lot of things in this game, and it's a lot about you know setting yourself up in order to, 
you know, maximize later down the road. And like, there's all these little things that you're doing. You're going up these, you know, idle tracks. You're trying to move your tents and put down, you know, villages and stuff. And on this hexagonal grid, you have those monoliths that you're, you know, trying to get additional resources. Maybe you want to put a monolith on top of another four and gain some points that way. There's a lot of unique things going on in this game. This is where I call bull on your wayfist. Wayfarers of the South Tigers being long. Wayfarers of the South Tigers, you're putting an item out and you're doing that action. So you're either getting some resources, you're taking a card, like you're doing one thing. This game, you're doing like three or more things on your turn. Like these are long turns. Long turns. Mm. And I don't mind, but the turns are long because you're not doing one thing. You're doing like, you're literally doing three things every turn. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's possibly that long. more if you play in cards. Each turn is like three to five minutes per person. You know what a turn is in uh, Wayfarers? It's like because we 15. were learning the game and it was a complicated no, 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 no. game. I disagree. You just, you, I disagree. You take, disagree. you take your worker, you place it out there, and you grab two resources back. Is that it? No, because we don't have resources in the game. But it doesn't matter. That's the point. The point is. So what are you gonna? So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna put out a person, or are you gonna are you gonna use one of your dice to activate your one of your things, and then possibly get that thing? Which you is have a lot of choices, of and you need to plan those choices before your turn comes around. And we were not doing that, and that's why the turns took so long was because we were spending our turns thinking about what we we're gonna do. This was a player problem because what you actually do is you actually just put your dice there and you go, okay, I'm gonna buy this card, and you take the card and your turn's over. Quick. okay so maybe okay maybe it was a player problem but that doesn't change the fact that like i still feel like the game is long you were crazy I feel, I, I, it's fine oh i'm not mad at you about it because it's still high up on your list but paleo americans i liked the game but those turns were long like they were long long i don't think they were as long as this game as wayfarers oh, i don't think so no not even close you literally have four okay okay here's your turn for paleo americans you you have a deck of cards. You can play a card in front of your thing. You can play that card and do that ability. Cool. And then you take your worker and you go to a spot. And then on the worker spot, there's three things you do. You and you no, can do them multiple times. Not necessarily. Times. Not necessarily. No. You can only do the first thing multiple times. The second one you can only do one, and the third one you only get if you're the first person to go. There. Okay. Sorry. So only four of all of the turns that you get to do three things, whatever. So you're doing multiple things. And then you're also making other choices like, Oh, I'm going to slaughter this animal. Am I gonna... You're making all these decisions while you're doing it and playing these cards. I mean, I like the game. Don't get me wrong, but those are long. I can't even think of a game that has longer turns than paleo Americans or endless winter paleo Americans, whatever it's called. I liked it, but the turns were long two player only for me. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. And right now, Wayfair. Okay, right now, Wayfarers. Would you? What is the player count you want to play that at? I don't care. What is your ideal player count right now after the one play? I don't care. Endless I'd, play, win- I'd play them all. I mean, same same number, same people. It'd be four is fine. Totally new players. I'd prefer less. If I was playing with somebody brand new, I'd be happy to play it too. I mean, I I always like lower player count in general. So here's okay. You want to know? You want to know what it is? I'll explain to you why I think the turns were long. Okay, here's the because you were cranky. I will not disagree that I wasn't cranky. I was definitely cranky because tur- turning machine or turning, turning key, machine. key turn machine, that game is... Anyway, so here's the reason why. Okay, I'm going to explain to you the reason why. And it's it's like this in a lot of games. The reason why I get frustrated when a game is long is when it literally goes, 
okay, it's so-and-so's turn. Okay. Um, well, okay. So I think I can, okay. I think I can do that. Um, okay. So I'm going to, okay. I'm going to use this to increase these two dice. Then I'm going to put this guy here, which is going to give me one of those port cards. I will take This is a player that. problem, not a Hold game on. problem. Hold on. I'm not done. It's my turn. Uh, let me, uh, I'll take, uh, I'll take this guy. Okay. And then it's going to give me these two things. Okay. A little secret. If you play like this, nobody likes you. I agree. Okay. Everyone's taking their turn like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then, uh, player before me does their thing. All right. Turn complete. Cool. I'm going to put this dice here, do this thing, grab that card. All right. All done. That's how my turns were going and everyone else's was taking really long. So yes. that's where I think if I if I as a new player can take fast snappy turns and other people are not I'm going to get grumpy about that. Yes, that's true. However, we were all learning the game and some people I? learn faster than other people. So the first time playing, you get a pass. It, so it made it worse that there was like three people that were all doing that to you, which was annoying, but once we got about halfway through the game, our turns got way snappier. They were about 20% faster, 15% yeah. faster. Bob's wrong. Don't listen to him. He's spreading lies. I, Anyways, of all people, of game? all, listen, we'll of all people, I, it shocks me, madam. It shocks me that you, of all people, aren't agreeing with me on that. I Considering know. Considering how quickly, like, you're like in scythe. Take your turn. Take your turn. I'm like, okay. Take to be fair, turn. I'm like that in all games. That's but what I'm that saying. Heavy. It was a lot to learn. I forgive. I for, I'm forgiving when you're learning the game, because I use that. I, so I use that when people are doing taking long like that in games that we're learning. I and I'm engaged in their turn and helping them, like thinking through, like, okay, what are they doing? Because that helps me learn as well. So I'm not bored. I'm using that as an uh, uh, opportunity for learning. Oh, sure. how, well, how did you do that? Oh, you did that. Okay, okay, I get that now. You know, like that, where you, I think you catch on to games a lot sooner. Well, Maybe. Quicker. I just, the thing is, like, I was just, the, the, my biggest issue was how fast, how incredibly fast I felt a turn could be and how slow everyone was taking. And I, and the thing is, here's the deal. I understand it was a brand new game for all of us. There's a lot, there's a ridiculous amount of iconography that's unfamiliar mm -hmm. in some ways compared to the other games. Because there's a lot of other games or a lot of, you know, Shem Phillips games where the iconography feels very similar. I mean, he's dealing with provisions like he does in every game, you know, the coins and everything like that. There's a lot that's very similar and has that familiar feel from what you've played in the past. But there's so much iconography in this one. It takes a lot longer to pick up on that. And I understand that. And I understand that it's it's a, as a new game, it's going to take players time to do that. but when I am significantly faster at a turn than everyone else, I it just, you know what I think the problem is? What? It's not just that you're faster. It's that on your turn, you're not doing like big, meaningful things. Like you're simply taking some provisions or you're simply getting a card. Like you have, you don't mind when turns take a while that on your turn, you get to do something cool and big. And even if it's quick, that's fine. It's that it, you didn't get much out of it. So this is a low scoring game, fairly low for how big it is. And so on your turns, you're not getting like big, powerful, like 
cool turns. You're just like doing a little bit, doing a little bit, doing a little bit, waiting five minutes, doing a little bit, waiting five minutes. So you know what I mean? So waiting like 10, but okay. Yeah, it was, it was slow learning. Yeah, it was slow. We're okay. Okay, that's enough. We need to move on. <laughs> We will we talk digress. more about it when it comes time to talk about it. When but when we played a successful game and nobody <laughs> the took last forever. game we played was successful, and it, okay to it's be still fair, number three on your list. So I don't know why. I'm uh, so it, much, but. It, yeah, uh, I I will say that I was cranky after playing Turning Machine. I'm not going to deny that that I was cranky going into this game. But it just the thing is, I normally play fast, and I normally there's a certain grace that I'm like, all right, people aren't going to play nearly as fast as me, and that's fine. But when I, when I feel like, listen, all right, it's just dragging when it doesn't need to, it just become, it just becomes long. So, but yes, and because they're not necessarily that meaningful of things that you're doing, it just feels even longer. Yeah. It's not as engaging in between turns, but again, that might change. So any, I, what are we, what number am I talking about? Two. Number two. What's your number Remind two? Me, uh, who the heck knows? Endless winner, the longest turns ever. Yeah, endless winner, Paleo Americans. My number two <laughs> game for twenty twenty. All right, we can we can both talk about our number one. It's the same one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's Planet Unknown. Hundred percent. This is such a great game. Talk about fast turns. There's one. You know, everyone gets a turn. We're all doing an action. Next person's turn. We're all doing an action. Next person's turn. All doing an action. Speedy goes up to six people. So you got this lazy Susan filled with polyaminos. You spin it around on your turn. You get to pick where you, where it's at. And then everyone tra- takes one of the tiles. They get two choices based on where it lands in front of them. And they're filling up their planet. And whatever uh, terrain tiles they take, they move up those tracks. Those tracks give them bonuses, which lets them to do, you know, break rules in the game, gives them extra points, uh, maybe bumps on other tracks. Super fun. You've got some goals between you and your neighbor plays very differently at two than it does at six, but both very good. Got It has um, variable player powers. You can flip the boards over. You can play basic with people who have flipped the boards over, which is cool too. So to be completely flip side of the coin from our discussion a moment ago, I am 100% in agreement with you. I love this game. It's fast. It's, it, yeah. it's like seven wonders. If you can play six people... And it's the same amount of time because everyone's just grabbing a tile. The slowest, the slowest person to lay a tile is how long the turn takes. Yep. You know, and that, but then as soon as it's done, like you grab another tile. And the thing is, those turns are just so snappy between that. And it's cool when you can start doing some of those combos. Like I play this, which allows me to move up this track, which gives me another move, which allows me to go up this other track, has these little like nice little combo things together, which I really love. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're climbing up tracks. I do like the fact that you can turn the flip the boards and have unique planets that you're doing stuff on. You have unique companies that are you know give you different kinds of powers. The tracks are going to be different, so it makes you mm-hmm. think about things differently. My only regret is I didn't back the Kickstarter. Honestly, you regret that? Oh yeah, I really wish I would have done it. So, gr- granted, that said, the base game itself, like component wise, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just don't get the trays in there and some of the you know upgraded bits. But I think this is I like what I like about this game is how how thinky it is and how much decisions you, how many decisions you're making. Um, but also like how easy it is to teach other people. It's not too heavy. You know, it's a mid, medium weight game. I'd say I taught my family. They all enjoyed it. Um, but it still feels really 
like all your choices that you're making are really meaningful. Every game you play is going to be very different. Um, it's good at all player counts. I, I just love everything about this game. No surprise. It's our number one. Yep. I think everyone knew it was going to be our number one, but. Because we, so. we said we said it was our number one. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly that's why. Yeah, we, we may have talked about it throughout the year. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I really like this game. So. All right. Our number one, Planet Unknown. Definitely check it out. All right, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week where we're going to talk about our most anticipated games of 2023. Please leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook or send us your questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.